This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Episode 291, Advent, Week 1, Hope. Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens podcast. Strangers. <laughs> to boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? The truth is out there. I am your father's best friend's plumber. Captain Kirk. Do you think that there's room in sci-fi for God? The very first thing that God did so why is he was that he created something. So we have a creative God. This is Strangers and Aliens Podcast. Hello and welcome to a special Strangers and Aliens event series, which is uh, going to be a series of mini episodes that will go along with the Advent season. My name is Ben, Ben Avery, and I am one of the hosts of Strangers and Aliens, which is a podcast about faith, Christianity, sci-fi, fantasy, imagination, creativity, and story. And as a result, we are going to be talking about these Advent topics, uh, looking at it through some sci-fi fantasy lenses, uh, specifically for this season, Star Wars. We're going to be talking about some of the ideas found uh, as we look at the candles of Advent, and we're going to be also kind of using some Star Wars analogies and references to kind of, uh, you know, maybe give a, a, a new sideways understanding of what was going on as people are looking at these themes from these candles. Now, the themes from the candles, it's, they're traditional themes, and there's different traditions. And so we're going to be following a tradition, uh, which I'm not even sure what it comes from. I just know I found this this particular order, this particular list that I'm going to be following, and uh, that's, that's what we're going to be using. And so I come from a, a Protestant background, and so I, I, the, the liturgy is not as ingrained in what we do, um, but we do borrow from other other traditions. And so that's what we'll be doing here is borrowing from some other traditions, or at least that's what I'll be doing here. Um, and so we're going to be looking at the first candle. Again, I, I don't have candles to light. So the first topic of those candles, which in some traditions, that first one is hope. And uh, some people, they, they call it the hope candle, but they also will call it the prophet's candle because it's the prophet's messages promising the Messiah that brought the people. Hope. So let's ta- uh, take a look at hope. Let's take a look at the meaning of hope and, and the feeling of hope. Um, when I think of hope, I think of, of anticipation. When I think of hope, I think of desire. And I think of, oh, there's something just coming my way. There's something there. And, and when I think about desire and anticipation, uh, the first place my mind goes to actually is Star Wars. Now, uh, not A New Hope, although it is interesting one of the major themes found in the Star Wars films is hope. Uh, the first Star Wars film, which to me growing up was just Star Wars, uh, but it was retroactively given a title that actually includes the word hope. 
A New Hope. And, and one day I'd really like to dig in deep to the strange balance that, uh, that Rogue One has, where you have the ending of Rogue One, which is pretty hopeless. Um, but then again, it's not. I mean, the whole movie is about hope, and the movie is about looking up and and not looking down, and and uh, and having hope. And I'd really love to just dig into that sometime, and really just kind of get into the some of the depths of 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 theme and idea that's in that movie about specifically hope. But when I remember. Uh, one of the biggest and most uh, strong feelings of anticipation that I felt growing up, it was when my mother took me to go and see Return of the Jedi. Uh, we lived in a small town. We had this small theater, and this theater wouldn't even put posters up in the windows. Now, there was one theater, and so they would do one movie every uh, you know, every week or whatever. But instead of movie posters, they had flannel and they would open the movie poster thing and they would put up flannel letters, flannel graph letters on the poster. And it just – I remember just seeing it and it's like these it's kind of a yellowish flannel background and they would have these brown and red and orange letters that they would use. And they weren't even necessarily straight but it just said Return of the Jedi. And I remember my mom parking in the parking lot across the street and we walked across the street. And as we're walking, I just remember my my stomach and I was just feeling like, like butterflies in my stomach. Now, I felt that before like – in fear, you know, when I was scared about something that was going to happen, like a storm or something like that. But now I'm feeling it. I'm going to go in and, and I'm just going to see a movie. I said, mom, I feel like, I feel like I'm scared. I, my, my stomach's all churny. And my mom said, oh, you're just excited. You're just excited. And, and I was, I mean, when I went and saw star Wars, the first one, um, I was very young, hardly old enough to even remember going to see it. But, um, I was hooked, of course, you know, at that young age. And then I went and saw Empire Strikes Back. And, and to me, it was really exciting to go. But I don't remember much of the excitement or the anticipation. What I do remember, I remember going in the car. I remember having to park the car. I remember my dad worrying that there would be long lines because of things he was seeing on the news and stuff like that. Um, but when we went to see Return of the Jedi, that I remember that anticipation. I was so excited about it because I wanted to see the fulfillment of Empire Strikes Back. I wanted to see what was going to happen with Han Solo. And I'd seen uh, you know promotional things on cereal boxes. And I was like, how does this all fit in together? And what's this big sluggy guy? And you know, I was just really, really, really excited. I've never actually felt that excited going to a movie since then. I've I felt it. Um, well, I felt that excited before my wedding, and I've I felt that excitement. Um, well, I guess you could also say there's a little bit of fear involved as well. But when my wife would go into labor, and I'm driving the car, getting her to the hospital, and um, but yeah, there, there's hope, there's anticipation, and yeah, there was a little bit of fear. Is something going to go wrong? I was always worried that something would go wrong when one of our children was born, and and it never did. But there was always just that feeling of we are going to have our life change after this moment, and. Yeah. Yeah. A feeling of hope. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, now, now I do still have a feeling of hope when I go to movies, just not the same feeling of anticipation where my stomach's actually churning. Um, that feeling of hope that I have when I go to movies now is I'm just hoping the movie is going to be good. Not going to be a waste of my money, not going to be a waste of my time. Um, generally speaking, I choose movies that end up not being a complete waste of time, just maybe a, a little bit of a waste of time. But, um, you know, going to Infinity War, you know, that one you're just like, okay, is, is it going to live up to the hype? I, I hope it does. Uh, and then every Star Wars movie after Return of the Jedi, uh, there was always this hope that it was going to be great, especially, you know, Phantom Menace, you know, oh, we're going to go, this is the first Star Wars movie in years, and we're going to go see it, and it's going to be great. And, but you're putting your hope 
in the hands of fallible people. You know, I mean, for the prequels, it was putting our hope in, in the hands of a man who had proven he's a good storyteller. I mean, he's delivered on good story before, but he also produced Howard the Duck, you know? So he, for some, delivered on the promise, and for others, he, he did not. But uh, the hope we're talking about for Advent is hope and a promise from someone who always delivers and, and who always fulfills his promise. Now, the prophets announced this promise, and so he used them as his mouthpiece. Now, the, the first promise, actually, for the Messiah, the first promise where he said, I'm going to actually, you know, send someone who's going to take care of some of these problems going on in the world with, you know, sin and that kind of thing, uh, it was in Genesis. And it was actually him speaking directly to Adam and Eve. And he's saying that, they're, that the serpent's head will be struck and, and the serpent will strike. And he, but that's in Genesis chapter three, we get the promise of someone who is going to come and who is going to be our savior and someone who's going to be, you know, take care of the things in our world, specifically the spiritual things in our world that need to be taken care of, that need to be just covered and, and, and pushed away and destroyed so that we could have a, a positive and a fulfilling relationship with God. And then you have Samuel in, in the book of, well, book of second Samuel, not Samuel himself, Nathan, who comes and he has a prophecy for David saying that out of your, you, you, someone is going to come out of your family who is going to have a kingdom that will have no end. And the peace of that kingdom will have no end. And then you have Isaiah who's giving so many prophecies about this anointed one who's going to come and who's going to um, have a government you know, he's going to have, the government will be on his shoulders, but he's going to be able to, um, you know, bear our burdens and everything. And the promise was given by God. It was a king who was promised. It was a savior who was promised. It was a hero who was promised. And the promise was given and the promise was believed in and the promise was hoped in, if not understood completely. And so as I was thinking about this and thinking about, you know, what am I, I want to do something for Advent for, for, for strangers and aliens and, and, and thinking about this prophecy and I'm thinking about this promise and I'm thinking about how the people uh, of, of Judah, the Jewish people, they didn't understand what they were actually waiting for. They just had hope and they knew that since God promised it, it was, it was true, but they didn't know exactly what it was going to be. And that reminded me of of the prequels. Okay. <laughs> it reminded me of the Jedi council and they had this prophecy, the prophecy of the one who's going to bring balance to the force, you know? And so Qui-Gon, when he's dying and he says, this is the chosen one. Anakin is the chosen one. He'll bring balance to the force, train him. And then Mace Windu says, if the prophecy is true, your apprentice is the only one who can bring the force back into balance. And Obi-Wan says, you know, as he's fighting Anakin, you were the chosen one. You were the one who was supposed to destroy the, fit, the Sith. You weren't supposed to join them. You're supposed to bring balance to the force, not, not leave it in darkness. And the prophecy ended up being true, but not understood. A time followed where they thought they had it all down and then they're destroyed and there's just this absolute hopelessness and darkness. And then a new hope, a new hope comes when Luke and his friends enter the scene and Luke himself, he had hope that he could reach his father and reach past the emperor's, um, reach past the emperor's corruption. And 
then Anakin did somehow bring balance to the force and fulfill the destiny and the prophecy, although the exact details of that can and have been debated and, and will be debated. And, and you can, you know, uh, it's up to you to decide how you feel about the fulfillment of all this. But, um, but as you're looking at that as a great example of this just misunderstanding of what this prophecy could mean, does mean. And because of that, there would there was disappointment when the balance did not come the way they were expecting it to come. They were expecting this hero to come. Now, in that case, it was a hero who becomes completely corrupted and then throws the emperor down a pit in the Death Star. And that brings balance. Uh, maybe, I don't know, whatever. Um, but anyway, looking at the real story, looking at um, the the people, God's people, as they were also living in a time of hopelessness, or rather they could have been in a time of hopelessness. Many of them chose to live in hope for they had the promise of the prophets. They had the prophecies given to them by God and hope in God's promise does not disappoint. Now we may not understand what's happening around us, but we can always put our hope in God's promise that he will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He will always love us. And we have that hope now in whatever desperate situations we might face. And we all are facing desperate situations. Uh, we face them in different ways. We face different situations. And, you know, there's scale, sure. You know, some people are facing situations where it's just awful. It's horrible. It's, it's life-threatening. And other people are, are facing situations with relationships that are, that are endangered or in danger. And other people are facing situations where they just aren't sure, you know, what's what's going on next? What's the next step for me in my life? But we all have the same God and we have the same hope when we put our trust in God. And we get the added benefit of being able to look back at these promises. We get the added benefit of being able to look back and, and learn from the way that people waited in the past and, and the, the hope that they had, even though they couldn't see the fulfillment of the promise, it was for some of them years away, for some of them decades away, and for some of them centuries away, this hope that they had that the Messiah would come. We have seen the promise fulfilled and we can look at their example and say, oh, wow, here's the promise. Here's the fulfillment. This is God. God did this and we can trust in him. So as we celebrate this season, this week, think about what it means to put our hope in God. And, and I just you know, want to leave you with a couple um, verses that I, I love. Um, now, especially this first one, Joshua 1, 9. Um, it's my favorite verse. And it just says, have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. And then why? For the Lord, your God will be with you wherever you go. That is a promise. And it's a promise we can look at and see other promises that God made and fulfilled. And we can remember, this is a God who is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And then there's some prophecies from, from Isaiah. Isaiah 41 gives us this, this uh, comfort. Do not fear for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And then there's Isaiah 40, 
where it says, even youths grow, grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. This is another favorite verse of mine. And, and this next part, if any of you are familiar with some of my work, um, some of my writings, especially, well, specifically arm request, you'll, you'll know this, this verse inspired uh, a big, big part of arm request. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow faint. They will walk and not grow weary. Those are promises that God has given us that we can hang our hope on. And this is not, oh, I hope this movie is going to be okay. Ooh, it stunk. Or, or, hey, it was good. This is not, ooh, I hope, and this is an example I give a lot, that there's enough cheese on my taco from Taco Bell, okay? No, this is hope because we are hoping and we know that God has promised he is with us. It may not end up the way we're expecting and it may not go the way we want, but we know that God is right there by our side to lift us up, give us strength. His promises are true when he made them years ago and they're true now. God does not change. He's the same God yesterday, today, and tomorrow. There isn't an Old Testament God and a New Testament God. No, there's an Old Testament promise that gets filled with the New Testament. And there's some New Testament promises that get made. But God does not change. He loves you. He wants you to be, he wants you to be in a relationship with him. And he wants you to lean on him because he loves you. So all that said, I just want to say thank you for joining me for this first step along the way with this Advent season. And uh, next Sunday, we'll have another episode for you. And until next time, thank you so much for listening. Join us at strangersandaliens.com. If you want to find out uh, more, find some more episodes. You can also join us on Facebook, Strangers and Aliens. Just search us. You know, you'll, you'll find us. You'll find us. Um, but uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. And I'll talk to you next week. We will have regular episodes going on as well during this time. These are just going to be these special Sunday episodes, a little bit shorter. And uh, yeah, thank you for listening. And Godspeed. You've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast, hosted by Ben Avery. Evan David, Steve McDonald, and Dr. Jason Neal. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel. We'd love for you to join the conversation by going to our website at strangersandaliens.com, where you'll find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com. Or you can join our social media conversations by following us on Twitter, where we are at Strange and Alien, or liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangersandaliens. Or leave us a voicemail by calling the Strangers and Aliens hotline. That number is 1-804-37-ALIEN. And once again, thanks for listening. Flannel.